Wow. Wow. Wow, this is this is some really deep stuff. I don't know what just happened, but something happened inside of me. Something snapped, something I wasn't expecting that either. Ah, uh, sorry. It's okay, it's all right. It's beautiful. <laughs> Monster is like really small, but it had to become that to stop me. And then the hurt child became present when you mentioned it. And I didn't realize this until now. There were things that I didn't remember yeah. until now. It's funny, I haven't seen that before. It, it feels like I'm the monster. I'm kind of seeing images of things. Of a, of a world where they can exist. This clarity brings all kinds of answers. It's clear. She, like, hugged me and then went back to her place, I guess, in my heart. Oh, it wants to come out. <laughs> it wants the bippity boppity boop Cinderella me. Like, <laughs> she's like melted into like my chest. It's like ooey gooey. All week been finishing things, cleaning up more, started eating vegetables again last week. <laughs> and it kind of just started happening. It's almost like I just finished going through a meditation session. I feel light. Like, you know, when you. When you hit that first joint, like in the morning, and you... I actually feel a lot more um, awake. Yeah, so I was out on a walk last night, and uh, I kind of had this recurring thought that I should get in touch with my ex-girlfriend. Uh-huh. And I've had that ever since we stopped seeing each other two or three years ago. Yeah. It's just this recurring thought. And so I was like, okay, time for a round table. So I yeah. just let all my parts speak. And, um, you know, I heard different voices saying, yeah, like we should totally get back together. Uh, or get in touch with her is what I mean by that. Get together. And, uh, you know, like we've changed a lot. We're more mature. We can handle it. It would be really interesting to see her from this new perspective. And, um, you know, maybe something sexual could happen. That'd be fun. Or maybe we could have interesting conversations with her now that both of us have grown more. And then other parts were like, are you effing kidding me? This woman destroyed your self-esteem and you want to put your exiles around her? Yeah. You, you must be out of your damn mind. Yeah. You know? And so it's just kind of going back and forth and letting everyone speak. It was just absolutely fascinating how many different varied perspectives there were yeah and um i would say that it felt like there was at least like four or six distinct takes on the situation mm -hmm. and um then i sort of started angling in to see like well what are the exiles that would be vulnerable if i were to get together with her okay and the one that came up for me was a part of me and i already did have a lot of the work so that's why i'm giving such a big rundown but like i found that you know there's this part of me that feels like i'm a loser mm -hmm. and that i'm really a, a embarrassed and ashamed of what a loser i am yeah 
And um, I remember the time I felt it the most powerfully was towards the end of the relationship. I was just feeling really insecure. And I just told her, you know, like, I need you to say verbally to me that you care about me, Mm -hmm. that you love me, that you respect me. And then uh, she's like, out loud? And I was like, yeah. You know, and so she said them all like out loud while making eye contact with me. And then I, I felt like such a total loser after I had asked her to do that. Like I felt so embarrassed yeah. uh, that I was so needy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then I said, well, I also need you to say that you don't think I'm a loser, which of course it just kept getting like that. Yeah. I can worse. see, I can <laughs> see the trap that you're in there. It's like, well, yeah, now, now I feel bad about that. So yeah, if you're turning to her to, to help with that, I can see that being kind of never ending. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those mental spirals. Sure. Where you just keep making yourself more vulnerable. Yeah. And then more embarrassed. And there's no way out except to just stop. And uh, I was mortified after that, you know? And yeah. I had already felt like a loser around her, not just because I was so insecure and needy, but also because she was. Uh, much more highly functional in life, um, productive, creative, uh, very disciplined, mm-hmm. uh, musically talented, so many things, you know. And so I, I just kind of always felt this really painful comparison around her. And then to kind of vulnerably want her love and not get it was just too much, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I started talking to this part of me that feels like a loser and um, asked him like what his experience was, what his take was on it. And uh, he basically told me uh, that it was like a like an, um, self-evident he's a loser. And he couldn't really point me to any specific evidence that uh, that would let me put it this way. He could point to a bunch of reasons why I'm a loser, but if I invalidated any of those reasons, it still didn't matter. He still knew that we were a loser. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like it didn't help. To, yeah. The evidence approach didn't do anything. No, not at all. Yeah. He's like, well, even if I'm not ugly and I'm not stupid and I'm not too needy and like all that stuff, like I still know that I'm a loser. Yeah. It's like he doesn't even know why he knows that, but he does, you know. Um, and then, uh, and then he showed me this image of my father looking at me with such. Okay, so one time I forgot my shoes at this club that we were a part of. I was maybe seven or eight or nine, and uh, I forgot my shoes by the pool, and we got all the way out to the car, and then I realized I forgot my shoes. And my dad looked at me like I was the stupidest person who ever lived, mm. and like he hated me. And the honestly, the look was like rage and disgust, and it was just really ugly, you know. Yeah. And what's interesting is that because my dad looked at me in such an ugly way, it made me feel that I'm ugly. Um, so kind of not not even in the sense that I'm ugly in terms of attractiveness, like uh, in a aesthetic way, but like 
I'm ugly. Yeah, to the core. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the and then the other thing that I kind of explored, like, was what what are you afraid would happen if you didn't believe that we were a loser? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, if we didn't believe that we were a loser, we would put ourselves out there, and then a girl might think that we're uh, that there's something wrong with us and then reject us and i said well you know what are you afraid would happen if a girl rejected us Uh and then he goes well she would tell everyone what a loser we were yeah you know and she would tell everyone we were like you know something like a creep or a weirdo or a loser or a freak and then we would be socially ostracized Uh by the by everyone ever you know Uh and it's like our shame would be public and everyone would look at us through that lens of, sh- of shame and that I'm gross or something. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <sighs> so I got that, you know, I, I couldn't really bring myself to ask, what are you afraid would happen if everyone looked at you like you were disgusting? Cause to me, that is the, the final punishment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really sure where to go from there. I was tired. Certainly, certainly you've done a lot. I mean, that's, that's, uh, (laughs) that's great that you've been able to have all those conversations. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I have some questions, um, that might help. Okay. Just, I'm curious about the part that says you're a loser. Does it have an age? Do you detect... Yeah, I think he's 13. Mm-hmm. So that would be probably, I don't know, I would use I would use that information about the age of this part, the age of the seven-year-old who forgot the shoes, you know, maybe asking the 13-year-old if, if he's connected or protecting the seven-year-old, um, just kind of mm-hmm. focusing on the ages. Um, that makes sense. And and your own age, your own present day age, just working with those things. Mm. And I would, and I would also, my approach would be uh, to treat these parts as exiles and to go through that, go through more of an exile unburdening than compared to the kind of protector, uh, negotiating, if you will. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I did feel like I had really easy access to these exiles for whatever reason, which I'm grateful for. Um, and then, um, I did let them, I didn't talk to the seven year old at all. Um, but the loser part I did talk to and I let him know how old I was. Um, which he was surprised by. <laughs> and then I kind of described to him how it's different to be 28 than it is to be 13. How it's similar, but there are also things that are different. You yeah. Know? And he was, he seemed kind of relieved. 
um, not fully relieved, still very cautious about life, but happy to know that I'm making progress and that his 13 year old world is not all that exists, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, feel free to take the reins and ask questions directly and. Okay. And I'll go along for the ride. Is there one of those parts that you think feels like it needs your attention most to start with? Um, I actually feel an angry part come up mm -hmm. when you ask that. And I, I'm tempted to blow past it, but I'd rather see what's going on with this angle. What was your question? You the question remember? was, um, do you feel like one of these parts needs your attention uh -oh. most or, or to attend to first in this okay. conversation? I heard the angry part say, that's a stupid question. Yep. But by the time he said that, I couldn't remember what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I might have said it. I mean, I probably I kind of stumbled through it. So I might have definitely asked it in a stupid way, but I'm definitely, no, no, no. I'm definitely open to <laughs> examining, if, you know, if the question was stupid, let's, let's, let's talk about it. That's funny. I'm sure he appreciates that. Um, <laughs> the sense I get is that he doesn't actually necessarily think it's a stupid question. It's more like a, a, a very young part who's being uh, defensive for some reason. So I'm going to check in with him on that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want me to know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just saying this process is bullshit and we don't know what we're doing. Sure. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Mm. And but I can feel that he's concerned. Yeah. Um, so valid, like valid concerns. Uh-huh. Yeah. What I'm getting from him is that it's vulnerable to talk on the phone with someone that you've just met mm -hmm. and that these things are complicated and neither of us are therapists. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think what's interesting is that like, when I first started IFS, even with a therapist, I felt like, is this working? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or are we wasting our time and going in circles? And then that went away as I built confidence with my particular therapist, but also just IFS in general working. Yeah. And I think that the part that felt that concern is now back because neither of us are therapists. Sure, sure. Just letting him know that I appreciate his concern, like I, I genuinely do. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm asking what he's afraid would happen if you and I worked together today. He's saying you're going to upload this and my ex-girlfriend's going to hear it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which I, I, I feel blinded with that concern. Mm-hmm. Um, that this podcast will expose my shame and immortalize it. Yeah. Yeah. Got those parts too. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And of course, we don't have to publish anything. We don't have to use your name. Nothing has already been published that you and I have talked about. Um, oh, so that's something I wanted to clear up with you. Mm-hmm. That I do, I have a part that feels like if you are going to give your time to me, I owe it to you to let you upload it. Yeah, and also that it would jeopardize our burgeoning friendship if I said no. Yeah, that's. I mean. Wise part. No, um, no, this is, <laughs> I, I, so I need, I need to practice this. This is, this is like, I want to be good at IFS and uh-huh. I need to practice with people. So that's my main reason for doing this. Um, putting it, putting it anywhere publicly is kind of just, it's kind of just an experiment. It's cause I, I hear that that's a good idea for things. And I feel like if I didn't record it, um, it, it could just be lost. You know, it's kind of like, well, if I don't capture it, then I'll never capture it. And if I do, maybe something might help someone. So um, it also kind of, it also kind of lights, it also kind of lights a fire for me in, in just taking it seriously and like, Yes. I, know. I like want I want it to be a project. Gone. It's it's a project and yeah. it's my top project instead of just like, hey, this could be a neat thing. You know, it's like, oh I gotta I totally get that that buy-in effect. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And I honestly like I think most of my parts or the parts that I tend to agree with maybe are very open to sharing and being vulnerable. Yeah. And then I've got a couple parts that are like bro like in this age of the internet like anything you upload can and will be held against you yeah (laughs) in a court of public opinion seriously you know yeah and uh like yeah so i don't know i guess we can continue to talk about that yeah of course you have my permission to record all of our conversations yeah um and this might not mean anything but i'm also willing to like unpublish stuff i know that that oh. part might say, well, yeah, but now it's been captured. It's out there. Like it can never be unpublished, but it's like, well, we could. I mean, yes. Yeah. If someone wants to make a copy of everything and like, I'm sure that it's somewhere, but, um, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to like wretch or yeah. Retroactively unpublishing something. Oh, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up on some other podcasts where we sympathized with Hitler. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, then they put my name in the description of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. 
Um, I won't give any more context to that, even though I feel I need to. <laughs> hey, man, there's no bad, there's no bad parts, right? Yes. Yeah. We were just looking at the causes of people acting psychopathic or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's dive back into it. I think I think my angry part is feeling heard. Let me just check in with them. Yeah, my angry part just feels angry that I think what he's basically saying is like IFS takes a lot of internal effort. Mm. And if we don't know what we're doing, it's not worth the effort. Yeah. And he's like preemptively pissed off that we're wasting energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a valid concern. Yeah, and you might want to kind of think about like what is your what is your budget for internal effort you know when when do you throw in the towel when do you like how much how much is the right amount of energy to give something like this um mm. you know what's the best case scenario what's the worst case scenario and what's your budget for for patients with it mm. yeah i appreciate that hmm let me ask him what he thinks about yeah. that. So he's just saying that we should be napping and watching TV and really resting today. Which I super sympathize with and I think there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. Um I also think it's a long day and that this little session isn't really that big of a deal. Um, see what he thinks about that. Yeah, he's cool as long as I really get some rest today. And he's kind of skeptical that we're not going to use a ton of energy right now. But mm. he's willing to to give us some space. Yeah. And he can always come back in if if you're getting too drained by the conversation. Like, he can pop back in and say, all right, let's, you know, we don't need to go that far today. We don't need to go that intense today or whatever. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's kind of a war between managers, right? Like, he wants to save my energy and I can feel why in my body, I can feel the tiredness. Mm -hmm. And yet I have these other managers that are like, yeah, but what a cool opportunity to work with James. And also we really do want to like do some work on this stuff, but now you know her name, uh, you know, with this girl <laughs> and, um, you know, we have unlimited energy for things that we care about. Come on. You know, I just have a polarization there. I know. just noted the timestamp of the recording so I can take out that person's name for you. Oh, thank you. I was wondering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can also make requests like that. You know, if you want to cut, cut something specific out ever, you can do that. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I think in order to honor both parts, what I'll do is we can have this session and then afterwards we'll really think about some ways to enjoy leisure for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you said something about a friendship and I just want you to know and anyone to know, like, I mean, you're doing IFS. There's, that's so cool. And I admire that. And like, I don't really expect anybody to, to want to continue doing that with me <laughs> specifically. So like, right. um, you know, I, I see what you're saying. I don't expect, I don't expect us to like have these calls forever. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be like a I still think, you, break I still think you're a cool yeah. dude. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're cool too. <laughs> End podcast. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, so the question was, which of these parts feels more urgent to work with? Yeah. Seven year old or the one who feels like a loser. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Um, they both feel so important. I feel some avoidance about the seven year old. Like it's such a tender, yeah. tender little part. Mm -hmm. And then I also feel a tremendous compassion for the 13 year old who is so scared of women and judgment that he was just suffering all the time. Yeah. And has been this, you know, these 15 years since he was 13. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Unless you have a, a clarifying question, um, uh, I would say I don't know. Yeah. I'd probably start with the 13 year old. Yeah, he's a little older and a little less vulnerable. So that, yeah, that's, that's my reasoning. Just less vulnerable. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Are there parts that come up that have any, are there any other parts that would have concerns about you working with this part that are, that need to raise their objections or concerns? Sensing a part that's like maybe 15 or 16 years old. And it's saying that this 13 year old is a little bitch mm. <laughs> and like he needs to stop being so sensitive and just get the fuck over it so we can have sexual relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 16 year old part is very impatient with the part that feels like a loser he's like you know get your shit together or just shut can i curse on here how do you feel yeah about yeah that? it's fine yeah he's like can you just like get your shit together or shut the fuck up yeah 
like one or the other, you know, because we got to get a move on. Like, this is such a teenager part, you know, he just wants to have sex. He, yeah. he doesn't really care about relationship. He doesn't care about intimacy. He just wants to get laid. Yeah. Yeah. And the 13 year old part is so vulnerable that he's just mucking everything up with his insecurities, you know. Mm. And that's why he calls him a little bitch, because it's like this 16 year old's role is basically to disconnect me from all of my insecurities so that I can get what I want, yeah. which in his eyes is sex. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, me too. I'm familiar with these parts. I just uh, haven't talked to them like this, so this is cool. Yeah. I can feel that the 16-year-old has a lot of contempt for the 13-year-old. Sees him as like an enemy. Mm-hmm. And what's actually interesting is that he looks at the 13-year-old with a similar contempt that my father looked at me as a seven-year-old. Interesting. Like, you stupid fucking idiot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How could you be such a needy little bitch i know i'm cussing a lot it's okay it's really it's really (laughs) fun okay yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah and how do you feel towards that 15 16 year old part um so I must must be blended with another part here because I feel like he's like being a rude asshole. <clears throat> and I don't really care for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel an urge to call him a bitch just to make him get his comeuppance for yeah. being so rude and mean. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm sensing that that's actually like a 17 or 18 year old part. Man, this is so interesting. Um, Because when I was 17 or 18, that's when I started to kind of uh, lean more into being more mature and less carnal and uh, Christianity and... Mm -hmm. I think I'm just bettering myself in a way that was where I kind of, yeah, judged my previous uh, behavior for being so, yeah, I'm using the word carnal, even though it's a bit of a religious word, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do some fornicating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting to see the um, 
very linear progression of the ages of these parts. Yeah, the way that they're all built on top of each other and in reaction to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me think about, um, I, I, I observed as I got older that I was becoming less happy. Yeah. And that my inner world was becoming more complicated. And I think that's true because what was happening as I grew up was that I, I would make one choice of how to be. And then another part of me would feel ashamed of that and do the opposite. And then another part would observe that and try to find some kind of middle ground. And so then it just, all these parts are getting stacked, stacked, stacked. Yeah. Um, it's like a fractal kind of thing where you just, you're getting more and more feedback, multiplying times more and more feedback. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you've got these like multi-layered polarizations that are just kind of constantly uh, echoing. Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. Mm. Fractal. Man, what a great, great way of putting it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and, and zooming inward, it's like, well, parts have parts and you, mm -hmm. and and maybe we're all just parts of the species. And <laughs> I know I'm actually kind of grateful that I'm not a part within my system. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's cool to be a, a whole human yeah. being here. Yeah. But I know that I am part of the greater whole yet. Um, that's 16 year old. Yeah, so, okay, thank you. Yes. So I am a little bitch. Right. I do feel more compassionate towards the 16 year old now. Yeah. Hmm. And I bet if you learned about it, I just kind of wonder what's wrong. And, and what does he really want? I mean, you, you said all he wants is sex and I'm not going to say that's not true, but like what, <laughs> you know, to just really lean into that and to be like, okay, what, mm. what's that about? Like, what does it really mean? What is it? Where does that really come from? Um, mm. To understand that deeply. Yeah. Well, before I talk with him more directly, I just want to describe him a little bit. Sure. And I feel like he has this rage, um, and almost like a, this is another thing where I'm like, I'm not wanting someone listening to this to get the wrong impression of me, but like, it's like an incel, you know, mm -hmm. um, incel rage that like almost murderous, like fuck everyone. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get my goddamn needs met. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, women don't want me. Well, you know what? I'm just going to be exactly what they think they want. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be so fucking inauthentic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm just going to get my fucking needs met, yeah. you know? Yeah. Inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you talk about rage and I think about like violence you know, that's often another like direction. It's like, okay, well, that strategy doesn't, didn't work. Like kind of going, becoming yeah, violent is like, a, is, I mean, people do that. That's, that's a, 
the common kind of reaction. Yeah, and this this part is like merged on that. Like, I know that with my balance of parts, I would never actually do that. Mm -hmm. But like this part in particular does carry that energy. Yeah. Um, like, luckily we're attractive enough. You know that mm -hmm. like he can hold on hope that we can get our needs met without escalating further. You know. Yeah. Um. I feel really uncomfortable talking about this because it does make it sound like I'm someone who might do something like that. I, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But I, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think so at all. Um, and I think okay. that, you know, I have that part too. And I don't, I'm not sure I've met someone who, who doesn't. I mean, they, it's obviously not something that we talk about. It's like, that's antisocial. That's, that's, that's bad. Mm. Right. And, um, and, and worse than bad, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're told that that's, that that's what's wrong with all of society is like, you know, men's, men's drive for Male sex, gaze. basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely a, a sticky si uh, subject. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you for destigmatizing it there. That was actually really helpful. Uh -huh. And, you know, come to think of it, all the guys I know do have that part. Um, at least I've perceived it to varying yeah. degrees. And I think um, another thing about this part is like, I had like a sexual fantasy a little while ago that just popped into my head. And it was like, if this part could have sex, he would like squeeze a girl so hard, like in this weird mixture of sexuality and rage, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, that it would be like dangerous how hard he would squeeze her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Again. So we can definitely get to know this part a little better now that I've kind of laid a little vision of yeah. him so far. And just, and just to, to recognize that the commonality in in that kind of i mean if you look at whether it's fiction or nonfiction, or like wherever you look at depictions of sex and stuff i mean there's always there's pretty much always some form of power or or, or mm. you know i mean how often is there some degree of of pain with the pleasure um, yes yes so. Yeah, you know, and that's actually one reason I don't want to meet up with my ex-girlfriend is because I feel that if we even did end up hooking up, that this aggressive part would find his way to blending with me and mm -hmm. and just make it like a weird experience. Not yeah. not that it would actually be like dangerous in any way, but just like I wouldn't have the enjoyment and neither would she yeah. that I was hoping for. Like it would turn into more of a sado whatever bullshit, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah. not really that into that. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So sure, this is so interesting. So yeah, yeah, just learning more about this part, what that need mm -hmm. is about, and and really, I think the goal is to kind of come to appreciate its the its right. intention. Mm -hmm. Just letting him know that I'm here to listen. Yeah. Am 
and he's saying that no one listens. No one cares what he thinks or what he wants. And that he ought to just kill them. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, yeah. I would I would say just just kind of go with that go with he's brainstorming you know like mm -hmm. let him be creative like what what else does he okay. want to do in his perfect world you know okay killing them is one thing on the list like what else what else <laughs> you know just just to just to hear it all mm -hmm. yeah. well his language is like you know, he would get rid of my family and just fuck the shit out of a bunch of beautiful women and mm. then discard them. Mm. Like King Solomon or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm just picturing, like, his vision is like this wasteland of an empire that's just like, there's nothing to it. It's just like a desert and beautiful women and him, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of some part of me is just like disgusted by that Maybe, idea. But, yeah, um, and try to ask yeah. that part to step back, and you know. Okay. It's because you're describing a desert, but um, you know, a land of a hundred virgins, like that's that's life, you know. Also, that's. How do you mean that's life? Well, he's he's talking about having sex with everyone. That's a creative act. Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's populating. The I like the land of a hundred versions. Is that an actual, uh, like myth or something? I mean, no, but it's, it's, <laughs> he's not the first person to have that, uh, thought. No. Yeah. It seems <laughs> archetype archetypal. Yeah. An archetype yeah hmm. yeah well the disgusted part is stepped back um yeah and his other thing is like he wants to shame women through sex you know um i don't want to get graphic but just doing things to make them feel shameful mm -hmm. you know yeah um as like a revenge thing you know like revenge porn yeah yeah which is actually a real genre <laughs> yeah you know like hate fucking you know yeah yeah i mean there's um, all kinds of humiliation kind of stuff yeah that's involved in it. Mm -hmm. yeah so for him it's like we've been so unwanted or Rejected and he's felt, he's felt humiliated. Females in our lives, yeah, or some of our parts have. I'm not sure. And so he's just like, you know, let's just flip the script. Instead of being weak and needy and humiliated, let's just, you know, fuck, yeah. fuck shit up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> He's tired of being a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah.
there is something very humiliating about you know wanting a girl like innocently yeah absolutely and then and then it doesn't work out and then you feel like super exposed that you wanted her and she doesn't want you and it, for me i can speak for my 13 year old part like it made me feel so small so embarrassed yeah I could totally see the 16 year old just wanting to be, to be the, uh, untouchable, invulnerable yeah. fuck boy, you know? Yeah. So just again, I'm leaning towards like appreciation, just show him that, that mm -hmm. you get it, but not only do you get it, it's like, he's trying to protect that 13 year old. He's trying to keep mm -hmm. that. He's trying to keep that feeling from happening. Yeah. <sighs> Oh. I've got a part coming in right now that's afraid that all this therapy is going to lead to me having sex, which will lead to humiliations and exiles getting hurt, and mm. that this will open up my vulnerability again. Well, I mean, there's there's what we talk about, and then there's what you decide to do out there in the in the world. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, thank you for that. I'm letting this part know that. Well, first of all, he heard you, um, but I also wanted to know that not only can we decide later what to do. Yeah. But I plan on taking everyone into account when we do make our decision. Yeah. And also, if things go poorly, I know how to be here for everyone in a way that I didn't know before. Yeah. Can I share an analogy that just came to my mind? Mm -hmm. Do you remember um, I was talking about a dojo? Yeah. In a dojo, like these samurai, they leave all their armor outside and, and they wear like robes inside. They were, they're completely like a gi. Yeah. They're completely unarmored inside. Mm. And then, and then when they go back out, they pick up their armor and you know, that's kind of like a special place for them to. That's what you're saying. So we're being vulnerable here, but that doesn't mean we can't keep our armor on as long as we feel the need to yeah. out in the world. Yeah. What a nice thought. You know, I definitely had some uh, some parts that felt like we should never be armored, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but recently I realized, you know, this world uh, is worthy of some armor, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's not wrong for us to armor up. Yeah. Yeah. So let me check in with my sixteen year old and see if he's getting that I appreciate him.
He could almost take in my appreciation, but either he or someone in the same cluster of parts feels very ashamed of his humiliation fantasies. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that I have much more word, many more words to say concerning that. He just feels very like disgusted by himself like he almost doesn't understand exactly why he does that yeah. you know and he just feels like once you've had those fantasies it changes you forever you know yeah. and, it, and it makes you bad and forever. how do you and how do you feel like learning that he feels that way how do you feel about it mm. um i feel scared that he's right so maybe I'm blended with him or with another part. Yeah, I would, I would indicate that to me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm scared that he's right. That we're kind of fucked now because we've had humiliation fantasies towards people in our lives. And now we're the scum of the earth, you know? Yeah. Like, if anyone found out, they would be right to be disgusted by us. Right, And right. to, like, never talk to us again. Yeah. But just between you and that part, mm -hmm. you know, is that is that, like, something that you can hear and you can say... I get it. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to share with the world that will, that, that probably would, you know, not take kindly to that or would push back on that. But is there a part of you yeah, or so, is, is there yourself that can say, I get it? So what's interesting is I, I consistently, when it, especially when it comes to shame, I have this part that feels like, it, it says to me, I don't really care if you accept me because you're not who I need acceptance from. Okay. Right. He, mm -hmm. he basically just says like, you know, there's the world. There's my future girlfriend or spouse. And I really couldn't give two shits if the self accepts me. Yeah. There might be like a notion of the self as like something else. <laughs> Interesting. Like a self-like part. Like a self-like part. Where it's like, no, I'm not talking about that self accepting you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about this this heart, this feeling that I have right now that that I can turn on and I can, that is on. And that does accept you, you know, and just showing the part that directly. It's not a, it's not a hypothetical. It's not a theoretical. It's not something you have to sell to the part. It's like you're, you can show it right now and say, how does it, how is this? And if, and if you don't like it, what, what, what can I do differently? Like how, how can I get to know you and how can 
How can we communicate yeah. better? So I'm actually like, as you're speaking, first of all, I conceptually totally understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I want to validate that. But as you're speaking, this rageful part has come up mm -hmm. that is so furious that this fantasizer part has ruined us forever. Yeah. With its fantasies. Yeah. And he's like, thanks a lot for making us unlovable. Like you really shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which I used to experience as a self hatred, but now I'm experiencing it as like an internal drama between the 16 year old and this hateful part. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful shift. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and you can communicate that with the 16 year old part and say, "Look, I, I I'm seeing in real time how these other parts are hard on you." I'm, mm. I'm seeing that you're not being listened to and you're being shouted down. Not sure why that released a lot of somatic energy that I'm kind of working through my body. Yeah. Something about unblending from the judgment. Well, I think we're also, you know, this part was saying, well, or some part was saying, you know, I don't care if self accepts me. And I think that this is just more of like staying with that part and showing it what that looks like as some other part tries to come in or as some other thought or some other humiliating whatever comes in and just saying, okay, like, again, even just for five minutes, if I'm, if I'm here and I'm showing you that, that listening and that love, like, what is that? Mm. What's that experience really like for the part? Yeah. Yeah. Like trust building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to start speaking out loud. Just help me not sure. drift off. Um, so just speaking to the 16-year-old. <sighs> Man, a lot of parts activity right now. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, there's like seething and yawning and laughing and relief and tension all sorts of stuff yeah it's good yeah so you know i just want you to know that i really care for you and that there are other parts that have been really hard on you like james said and i've hated you and shamed you and wish that you never existed and all these really kind of things that seem really mean. And I'm sorry that you've been through that because I know your intention is not to, to upset anyone or to make anyone feel bad or anything. 
we've just been trying to get our needs met. Granted, it's been a little extreme, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I still love you. Just because of who you are. And I don't really care how extreme you are. I still love you. I'm happy to get to know you. I think it'd be a good time to ask me if there's anything else he wants me to know. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like me to know? Well, I feel a lot of his rage, and he's just saying that like women are stupid bitches and cunts, and <laughs> yeah. that they're. I think I'm laughing in order to show you that I'm a normal person still, even though I'm expressing these things. And yeah, I'm saying yeah. that so, so that I can stop. Sure. But he, he's, allowed, like, like he's allowed to feel that way. Yeah. Like, we don't need to fix that about him. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, like, yeah, like the four-year-old part, my four-year-old part, like, just wants to eat ice cream or whatever. It's like, that's fine. That's, it's okay for him to want that. And it's okay for the 16-year-old part to just want to fuck or just, okay. or just want to kill or whatever. It's like, it's like that, that primal, the primal emotion is, is okay. He's, he's allowed to feel that way. And, and we can appreciate those feelings. Okay, great. <laughs> well, uh, here, let's go, baby. Um, yeah, he wants to, like, like he said, like, fuck the shit out of girls. He thinks they're stupid, cunt bitches who are judgmental and vapid and stupid and rude, critical, heartless, shitty, remorseless. Lacking all compassion, like they're just these stupid fucking bitches. They don't care about anyone but themselves and their own pleasure and their own fucking appearances. But anything good about them is on the surface because they don't develop their, their souls. They're just fucking shitty people. Yeah. And I'm actually hearing him say, like, they're fucking evil, like, they're yeah. bad fucking people. Yeah. And, and our so, culture is full of them. Yeah, and and are you okay hearing him say all that? Yeah, I am. Now okay. that we've removed so much of the stigma. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's just saying they're ugly. Even if they look pretty, they're ugly. And he's really sick of us caring what they think. Yeah, he's, it's affecting him on so many different levels. Yeah. 
I've even seen these like horror images of like women transforming, like like in an old '80s movie or something. Yeah, you know, it's a lot to it's a lot to navigate. Yeah, they'll eat your soul. You know, they'll eat you alive. Yeah. It really goes back to like that. I don't trust women in general. I have some cool, like some really awesome relationships with some girls. Some of my parts do, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there's this underlying distrust of women. And I think a lot of it lays right here with this part. Yeah. Sounds like it. And I think that again, have you seen the movie it or the thing? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know. If you, okay. Um, yeah, I would just stay with that and just stay with trying to just listen to that without, without the judgment Mm -hmm. and to, again, appreciate it for, for what it is, whether it's protection of other parts that don't want to be humiliated, whether it's, um, natural and confusing urges that, aren't any of our fault for being in the, in the system, you know, mm-hmm. and just, yeah. and just stay with it. And he's mad know, because mm-hmm. He's wanted to fuck for so long. I'm I'm actually a virgin. Okay. Um, I've had some foreplay, but that's it. And um, yeah, he's just pissed off. You know, he's just like, like other people can have this in their life. You know. Yeah. Uh, I got to think about it and talk about it for 28 years. Yeah. Is happening. Yeah. You know. Also, let me know when, when we're uh, coming towards the end of our time, which is totally up to you when we end. It's up to up to both of us. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. The uh, blocks of time on your. Oh right. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm... Arbitrary. Um, is there kind of more like a minimum that I need to reserve in my, ah. but yeah, I don't really, um, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So again, yeah, yeah man, stay with talking. Yeah. Stay it. with it. Hear it out. And that it's kind of like damned if we do damned if we don't is what I'm hearing from him. Like, yeah. You know, oh, great. I finally get to have sex with a stupid bitch. Yeah. Fantastic. So the thing I absolutely crave and desire the most is something I have to get from the type of person I loathe. Man, this is so interesting. And as long as you can stay in that self energy of like finding some understanding there and being okay with it. 
Yeah, then, absolutely. Then I mean, I that, that's so healing to me. Yeah, you know, I I have a decent amount of self energy right now. Like I could just keep riffing. Yeah, but when like you it. remind me of it, it expands mm-hmm. and kind of holds my part even more. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I guess what I'm hearing is that this bird is feeling held hostage to women. Yeah. And like he has to rely on them to get his needs met, but he hates them and he doesn't trust them and they are like evil. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know, what, what does he need from you in the future? What does he want? Uh, How does he, how does he want to continue like or or get from you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just laughing because as soon as you said about what do you want from you, I just heard in my head to fuck bitches. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, what can you do for him? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is not the same thing. Right. Well, I think what he's saying is like, can you, you know, go actualize this? Yeah. You know, um, act on, on my desires instead of your other parts is, Parts desires. Yeah, and how do you respond to uh, that? Well, I kind of want to, yeah. you know. Um, Not a crazy idea. Hell, yeah, no. I mean, I want to have sex for sure. Um, and actually, I kind of I want to talk about this because it was I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. I was thinking about sex and and authenticity. And I was thinking, like, you know, some women are less intellectual. Some women are more intellectual. Um, some women are very, uh, they like to live in their sexual parts and be very like kinky mm-hmm. and other women like to be playful and light and fun and watch movies and play video games. And, you know, there's like all these different kinds of women, you know? Um, yeah. and what I had always felt was that I have to decide between my, my sexual parts and my cute romantic playful parts yeah yeah um, and what i'm realizing is that that's not true you know because i was trying to figure out like well how do i talk to women like i don't even know how to talk to a woman i'm interested in because maybe she wants someone who's this way maybe she wants someone who's that way and which version of me is even authentic i don't yeah. even know yeah and so then i started to realize like well maybe um and I want to hear your feedback on this. Like maybe my, all my parts are authentic and any combination of them is also authentic and they don't have to all be up right. for me to be an authentic person. So for instance, like if I was, if I was, uh, let's say like one of my, like a niece or nephew was over at my house and I was playing with them. My intellectual parts don't need to be up for me to have an authentic time, even though I'm a very intellectual person. Right. I could just have my five-year-old up and have a completely authentic experience. And so in the same way, like if I were talking to a girl that was less intellectual, I could just go into my silly, fun, younger parts and and just play with her, you know? Yeah. Um, And that would be authentic. Or if if I met a girl and she was kind of kinky and 
soul tree and have those seductive eyes, I could go into my kind of similar energy and just, right. uh, we could seduce each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how all my parts feel about that. It feels a little un, ungrounded to be so flexible in who I am, well, it's especially not, after believing I had to be a certain way my whole life. You're not saying that you should just mimic whoever you see around you. You're saying that you that you can tap into parts that actually exist in you to show up in different ways in the world. Yes, yes. And I, I, that's like a hair's breadth distinction, but it's a very real distinction, I think. Yeah. And I think that I think that in IFS that's that's being self led versus being parts led, basically. The self self led is you're deciding what to tap into. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of opens me up and makes me feel safer with women because I feel like I can be uh whatever the situation calls for right because i'm such a multiplicitous person yeah when i first had this concept yesterday or the day before i thought it sounded a little like sociopathic or like sure yeah uh, yeah i think there's a big risk of that from the outside you know that's how people might see ifs in general is like this is the this has always been pathologized, so. Oh, our multiplicity has been pathologized? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems a little sociopathic for me to, like, match myself to whatever woman I'm with. Um, and in, like, Richard Schwartz's work, he talks about neo-exiles, which are parts of us that we exile in order to maintain relationships. Okay. So, like, I might exile my romantic part in order to be with a seductive woman. Okay. Yeah. Who doesn't want any feelings involved. Yeah. And I'm kind of feeling like I could do that and feel fine about it. Like, because I'm becoming so secure in myself, that would be okay with me. Not as a total lifestyle, but as like a temporary thing with this one person, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I guess I'm just afraid of being this like blank slate who just is whatever he needs to be. But we don't have to solve this right now. But I you don't mean, have you to have solve it. Uh, my only thought is that you know, like I hear you, and I and I, I, I can sympathize, empathize with that. Like, yeah, you don't want to just go with the wind kind of person um yeah and and on the, some kind of core identity. Yeah. yeah and on the other hand like what a strength right like that's we're so flexible we're so resilient we can we can we have multiple personalities that we can tap into like mm. so you know yeah it's like almost like i have this moral moral overlay still sure yeah where i'm judging my multiplicity and like scanning my multiplicity to make sure that it's ethical and good which mm -hmm. is, you know that's fine um it's also kind of interesting like the concept of authenticity when we have such different parts because 
I have a part of me that's like an atheist. Right. I have a part of me that's still kind of Christian. Right. And um, I have an agnostic part who doesn't need to know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, so I can act like all three of those things depending on who I'm talking to. Right. But it's all authentic to me. Yeah. Yeah. Authenticity is a really difficult word, I think, to. It just doesn't. <laughs> Like, or, or you could even say like, can you not, can you be not authentic? Oh, I know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know either. And and so it's, in a way it's kind of one of these, like, is that even like falsifiable? Is this even a, is this even a valid term for anything? Like, what do you, what is that? Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's usually just used as an insult generally. Mm. Yeah. Or, or kind of a righteous, I'm authentic. You're not here's what's wrong with you because you're not you're because you're not being authentic and if you were just authentic well, everything would be okay it's like okay <laughs> here's what i think it means like because i i'm an enfp i'm an enneagram four and, and both of those highly value authenticity right and i'm just using those personality tests even though i, I know that they don't really fully describe us forever but um so I, I deeply value authenticity, and I think the reason for that is because I felt the lack of intimacy growing up. Mm-hmm. And I felt that the reason for that was that people weren't honest about their multiplicity. Mm-hmm. And they were just presenting managers and I want and firefighters, and I wanted to know their exiles. Yeah, yeah. And have that, that real intimacy. So authenticity... In a big way, that's what it meant to me, you know, to yeah, to be vulnerable and to to let people see all your kinds of parts. Yeah, intimacy. Yeah, but I agree that like a protector that's hiding all the other parts is still an authentic part of you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and the same with like self versus parts. It's not like. Only, only people who are in self are people, you know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, our people. Yeah, it's just that's just a mode. It's just another mode of being. I kind of love that we have self and parts. We have that universal, beautiful consciousness, but then we also have such unique, wonderful identities. Yeah, I wouldn't want one or the other. Both. Yeah, one or the other would either would be too boring or too chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right, man. It's so chaotic with no self. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't have made it this far, I guarantee it. Yeah. Anyway, how you feeling? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Delighted. Great. Uh, such a wonderful conversation. I think so. Um, liberated, peaceful. Um, a little bit of trepidation about exploring the possibilities of who I can be. Um, yeah. Curious what parts of me will blend when I find myself in situations with women. Um, will I try to fuck the shit out of them or will I want 
to try to get them to love me or will I just enjoy their presence from a place of self, you know? Or all of those things. Yeah, probably all of them, which sounds extremely messy and not even worth it. <laughs> well, keep checking in with those parts and you'll... You know, the more you hear from them, the, the more informed your decisions will be. And it's kind of all, mm. it's kind of all we can, all we can do. Yeah. I mean, I already feel like we tapped into a miraculous amount of information today. It's great, man. Yeah. Well, do you want to end it here and hope to hope, talk again? Yeah, if you'd like to. I'm absolutely. Good that. Absolutely. It's been fun. It's been freaking awesome, man. <laughs> I feel uh, so grateful and Yeah, me too. Really enjoy spending time with you, man. You got Yeah, you, you have a great uh mind. Thank you. Heart, you too. You know. Yeah. I I just appreciate your vocabulary as well. The, the way that you choose to say a lot of different things. I'm like, oh. yes. That's... Like you said, is that even a unfalsifiable i was like or falsifiable I'm like, Come on, <laughs> so that's good. funny that's interesting yeah. no i think that's one of my biggest weaknesses is like oh shit i don't know how to use english but appreciate it are you serious <laughs> yeah that yeah. must be why you're so good at it because you're always concerned about it huh. oh well parts <laughs> all right man have a great day do you want to help bring more self-energy to the world? If you'd like to participate in calls or help out with this project in any way, I'd love to hear your ideas. Join the Discord server or contact me at james at liveifs.com. A huge thanks to our audio engineer, Yvonne, for your care and diligence in editing the calls. To every caller for your courage in sharing some of your parts. And to anyone out there getting to know their internal system, keep going. Who knows, that might be the most selfless, helpful thing you can do for others, and you're the only one who can do it. If you'd like to see us reach the largest audience, we must please the almighty suggestion algorithms at iTunes and YouTube, and they don't care about the power of IFS. They're looking for likes and shares and comments, and the sooner the better. Follow the links in the show notes right here in your podcast player to make your wishes known. And now, a minute of meditation. Or if you prefer, pull over. You can do it in 60 seconds. Just click one of those links. They're right there and give us a like or a five-star rating. It would really help. If you think this project is helping people, you're helping people by sharing it. Thank you.